Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another enlightening episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and I'm thrilled to embark on yet another journey towards unlocking the secrets to a more balanced and fulfilling existence. So our podcast is dedicated to unraveling the complexities of the mind and exploring the strategies that pave the way for a healthier, more vibrant life. So today we have an exceptional guest who has dedicated his life to reshaping the narrative around mental health, catalyzing the change and empowering individuals to achieve a state of mental fitness. So joining us is none other than like Alan Cox. So welcome to the show Alan. Hey um uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, good to be here. Great, great. So, Alan, like before uh, we start delving deep into this conversation, I'd love to mention this to all of our listeners that uh, Alan is a true mental health change maker with an astonishing journey that has led him from the depths of despair to becoming a beacon of hope for the millions. So, his story is a testament to the incredible strength of the uh, human spirit. So with over 30 years of experience in entrepreneurship and innovation Alan combines his professional expertise with his deeply personal mental health journey to cast a unique light on the mental health challenges that our society grapples with so surviving an abusive childhood and enduring like decades of poor mental health Alan's life has been marked by numerous major setbacks including a near death experience during a devastating earthquake so having confronted rock bottom on multiple occasions and even attempting to end his own life alan's life took a profound turn in 2011 so it was then when he committed himself to a path of learning growth and resilience building and cultivating a mindset that is nothing short of inspiring so today alan stands not only as a living testament to the possibilities of transformation but also as an advocate for mental health resilience and thriving so his story serves as an embodiment of the remarkable strength and the resilience that besides like also resides within each of us So get ready for an enriching conversation that delves deep into the intricacies of mental fitness, innovation and personal transformation. So Alan's journey is an embodiment of hope and a testament to the immense power we all possess to rewrite our stories. 
So welcome again to the show, Alan. That's, that, that sounded um, sounded quite quite um, cool. That introduction. So one of one of the best I've heard. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, so so Alan, like uh, your personal journey from adversity to becoming a mental health advocate is truly truly inspiring. So if you could share some. Uh, moments that led you to focus on transforming the narrative around the mental health yeah um so it's obviously quite a long story and it's it's hard to kind of um, pick pieces out I, i think maybe a good place to start is that i'm not sure you know how unusual i was in this but i kind of feel like from the conversations i've had since that it's quite common is that when when you are struggling you know and in my case it was for you know literally decades in in a in a strange way you don't think of yourself as being mentally unwell you know you it's not a conscious thing um and it's all it's almost like you are just simply living a life that kind of really sucks somewhat um and when some big life events kind of take you know take a swipe at you kind of thing um they're just really really hard to deal with um and that that was really my my story and look, looking looking back i um I don't, I always, from having many years of poor mental health, um, looking back, I obviously had a very, very low resilience. Um, you know, even though some people hear my story and say, oh, you're very resilient. You know, um, if, if I was that resilient, I wouldn't have had a, a major mental breakdown. Right. Um, but so yeah after i nearly got killed in the uh canterbury earthquakes that 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 kind of was the start of the catalyst really for for change for me i mean um many people in my position at that time would have had would have probably taken weeks off of work to recover you know it was a, it was a very very traumatic time you know 200 people or so got got killed here um and i had i was running a business with 12 people um our office was kind of trashed in the earthquake and i had to suddenly be, instead of looking after myself i had to become a leader and what have you and that all took its toll after a while you know um and and that's when i basically had this mental breakdown and 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 just so just so that your audience understands what that is um because because i whenever i had heard the term mental breakdown before i just thought it meant that someone was like taking some time out because they're depressed or something but in reality what happens is is that your brain actually shuts down some of your systems right so so that it can recover because it's uh it just can't it just can't handle life anymore and in my case 
I could only function awake for about two hours at a time. Um, my legs were very weak. I my speech was slurred, and you know now, now that I've looked into it, th these are all functions like your body doesn't actually really need that much if it's trying to recover. It's trying to force you to recover. Um, and so yeah, that that was a like, bit of a big backstory, but that that was where I was at, um, and. I, like I said before, I just thought I was broken and that's, that's just the way life is. Um, and then, then one day, um, just purely out of chance, there was a, there was a program that came on the telly. It's, um, it was a BBC program called, um, the truth about depression. And it's actually, it's actually a really eye-opening program. It's 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 actually um, um, available for free on um, YouTube. Anyone can watch it. It's a little bit dated now, but it's still worth a watch. And before that program came on, I used this analogy that mentally I was in this pitch black tunnel. I had no sense of what way was out or even if there was a way out. But when, when I watched that program, <clears throat> that some lights came on that showed me the way out. Right. And there was, there was a couple of kind of key learnings. I think that that program basically showed me and it was really my, kind of slap around the face, if you like, it basically showed me that um, what is going on in my mind is just as real and also just as physical as having diabetes or, you know, any other kind of ailment. And, and just because it's in your brain doesn't make it any less valid right um because i think there's a lot of stigma about mental health isn't there like oh it's in your head kind of thing and um but what the program showed me is like things like your hippocampus could be shrunk by 20 odd percent your um you know your neural wiring in your brain that has built up over many years is basically making you think feel and behave in ways that aren't really kind of conducive to to happiness and well-being um and so that was the first thing is was ah oh, you know this is actually real you know and and what it also showed me is that um all of those things um were reversible you know if i if i started doing the right things um and and that that really gave that really kind of light lit the torch of hope, if you like, and um, and that really is what sent me on my journey from there of just trying to learn um, everything I could about um, the mind, psychology, neuroscience, um, spirituality, 
you know, I, uh, I spent some time with, you know, Buddhist monks in Thailand and I, I did all kinds of things. And, um, yeah, that, that it really just, I kind of, I kind of, um, describe it as, um, imagine these people that suddenly get a fitness bug, right? Like they, they start feeling the, like the energy and the adrenaline that they get from participating in sport. And a lot of these people, like they can't, they can't miss a day of running. Right. And it kind of felt like that. I kind of felt like I, something had opened up in me that I just wanted to feed it and carry it, carry it on going. So that's, that's a bit of a long story, but that's, that's where it all started. Wow, that's lovely. So um, <clears throat> the idea of quality mental operating system is intriguing. So if you could explain what this concept means and how it can impact our mental well-being. Yeah, so so basically, I, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm grossly oversimplifying things here, right? But... Um, largely speaking the 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 wiring in our brain um that has developed over you know our entire lifetime it's it's a process called um mental conditioning right so you know if if you if you get bullies in the playground that are bullying you and saying that you're ugly fat or whatever you know that they they will lay down um various neural pathways that basically um sets out like how you deal with uh, you know people that look like that or you know and um or um your sense of self-worth and all of these kinds of things right and and so you literally have kind of trillions of these connections that are building up over your lifetime. Um, and, you know, like, so let's just, for argument's sake, say that um, you have a, an accident on your bike and you go into the back of a car or something, you know, like for, for many people that could lay down some pathways that says, that basically says that, I shouldn't be on a bike because I can't, I can't, I can't be safe on a bike or something like that. Right. And, um, so, so every, every, every time we think or feel or react in any way today, that is, that is your automatic operating system that, it's actually trying to predict the next step based on the programming that it's had over all over decades. Right. Um, so, um, that I kind of, if you think about, uh, like a piece of computer software, it need, it needs two things, right. You know, this, this operating system in a computer, it needs two things. It need it needs the software, the software program, and it also needs like data to operate, right? And so, 
getting back to our kind of what's going on in our brain, we, we not only develop this kind of faulty programming, we also collect a bunch of faulty data as well. Um, like I'll, I'll give you a real tangible example is that because of my abusive childhood, for most of my adult life, I, I truly believed that um, my mum didn't love me, right, and, 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 and disliked me. And it was only like later on in life, once I'd kind of started to really um, rationalize my thoughts, I thought, well, actually, there's, there's actually a lot more evidence that mum loves me and likes me than she doesn't, you know, um, and that that's just a that's just one example of, of, you know, thousands of data points that we have that um, we kind of believe to be true, but are most likely not true, right? So when you combine those two things together, the 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 the, the faulty data, like in in um, in computer systems, right? There's this notion of garbage in, garbage out, right? And um, so, if if we have a situation where, whenever we respond to life, we are drawing on faulty data, and we're also putting it through a computer, a piece of software that's maybe not calculating things properly. Um, that's that's why we think, feel, and behave um, in ways that aren't conducive to being happy um, or, or living a, a fulfilling life. Understood. That's, that's really, um, what to say, that's really a great thing. And people definitely would uh, learn a few things from it. So that that's definitely true. And like... If, if you can elaborate uh, like some of the common patterns or maybe the beliefs that contribute our faulty uh, mental operating system, hindering our ability to achieve the mental fitness. So, so sorry, what is the question? So the question is like, if you can, uh, if you can share some of the common patterns or the beliefs that contribute our uh, faulty mental operating systems, hindering our ability to achieve that mental fitness yeah there's yeah there's like just so many examples um so let's take quite quite a simple one for example let, let let's do, well let's, let's take a couple of examples let's say you're um you're mm-hmm. driving to work okay and you're focused on getting to work you've got your day ahead of you yeah. Um, and then just from the side, this car cuts right in front of you. Okay. You kind of anchor on the brakes, and you you immediately, you know, the, because of the way your your brain is wired, your your brain is basically saying that person is trying to kill me or trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. It fires off all of these like um, signals to say that you're in danger. So you you get you get an immediate stress response. You 
you maybe get even go into a cycle of anger you might you know start honking on the brake and gesticulating in the in the window and what have you um and then then for the rest of your journey to work you're 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 playing that over and over and you're 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 thinking like how crazy he was or whatever you get to work and you say oh guess what this this guy just did blah, blah, blah. and um and you before you know it you're in this cycle and to to a certain degree that's gonna negatively impact the rest of your day yeah. right whereas when you have developed what i call strong mental fitness and in, in a while maybe i can talk about the distinction between mental well-being and mental fitness um when you have developed strong mental fitness, um, you you have trained your brain to know that when those kinds of things happen, they they are just what they are. They they are someone just being careless. Yeah. That that we have no idea um, what was going on in their mind. They may have been rushing to his partner having a baby it could be it could be all kinds of different things right and um 99 certain that they were not trying to harm you in any way you're not actually in danger and you can actually and you your your brain can actually get into the habit of knowing that when those things happen, you're not in danger, so it, it doesn't even it doesn't even trigger a response, right? Um, and by the time, like, let's say you're 20, 50 yards down the road, you're already thinking about something else more positive, right? And when you get to work, you're saying hello to people. You're you're not you're not ruminating on that story, right? And um, and there's a gazillion examples of that, right? We can we could receive an email, you know, and emails are written words of terrible things, right? And we can look at that and with a like a an unfit mind and say, oh, look what he's look look what he or she is saying there. How rude or whatever. But when you when you look at it from a different perspective, you can say, oh. She could have been meaning that, or she could have been tired when she said that, or whatever, right? So it's when when you have a much healthier operating system, and you've you've kind of managed to clean the debris away. You know, all, all of this all of this faulty data. You know, um, you can you can kind of start just seeing life for what it really is and i'm i want to be careful here because i'm i'm not i'm not one of these people that says oh yeah you know look look at the world through rose tinted glasses it's it's not that i i would i would more say that yeah. when you're in this mentally unfit place it's a little bit like you're always wearing glasses that are covered in mud right but when when you when you're in this mentally fit space 
your glasses are completely clear and you can see the world for what it actually is and it is actually it's actually a um it's kind of an enlightening feeling you know you it, it's um you kind of feel quite special in some ways that you can kind of see the world differently to how to how a lot of people do exactly exactly that's true and uh, so from this like uh, are there any specific tools or the techniques or maybe the exercises you recommend for individuals who want to start their process of rewriting their own uh, mental narratives yeah so um i th- i think it i think it really starts with i think it really starts with starting to educate yourself right so um like for for example um go onto youtube and um and like type in neuroplasticity for example and, and ne- neuroplasticity is is basically the science of how your brain can rewire itself right and there's even on youtube there's some incredible um videos of your your brain under an an electron microscope and you can actually see your your brain rewiring itself right um and start learning about um mindfulness about psychology um it's on on the one hand it's an immensely big field right but on the other hand um i would say that it's not in any way daunting because it's not like you have to learn it all in a day it's more it's it's more of a a journey that you're going on um and so like one one really good book like depends on where we are one really good book um that i recommend to people is this one called um the chimp paradox yeah and um that's basically like a mind management program um i wish i'd written it but but i didn't um but th- there there's a start for people right there's a start where you can um you know if if you can't afford to buy it try and get it from the library there'll be a way for you to get that book right um there'll be on youtube there'll be summaries of books like that there'll be there'll be um there'll be like one to two hour long um conversations with the authors of books like this where you can just learn so much right so it doesn't have to cost you money so i i would probably say that one of the biggest things you could do to kind of start shifting your brain um is just by immersing yourself in some of this content um um of course another you know sh- shameless plug for ever yellow but um the the app that we've developed we've developed to be incredibly easy for people to use um you don't have to take any time out of your day and it's based on nine different pillars of positive psychology 
um, and it gives you personalized training for free, right? Um, so that's another thing that you can do. And so so one one thing is to kind of educate yourself. And then the other thing is to to start putting those things into practice, right? And so what does what does that mean? Well, I would basically say it's like forming new habits, right? So go, let's let's go back to the, the the situation where a car pulls in front of you. In the early in your early stages of mental fitness kind of training, if you like, or development, you will have the same automatic reactions as before, right? Yeah. But what you will do is you'll go, hold, hold on, Alan. Why am I why am I thinking this? Why am I reacting like this? And then you'll consciously think to yourself, okay, was he actually trying to hurt me? No, he wasn't. Yeah, you'll play that all through. And that and that's a that's a massive first step to at least recognize when you're <clears throat> when you're having a thought feeling or behavior that may not be that you know may not be the right output right um so that's when when you start recognizing those things you you need to give yourself a massive pat on the back because that is a huge leap right and then and then what happens is is as time goes on, when those kinds of things happen, your reaction to them will become less and less and less, right? To a point where they don't even happen. They don't even they don't even register anymore. You know, like I I can I can have a car pull across me now, and. I'll, I'll obviously break if I need to break to avoid a, a crash, right? But I might get a fraction of a second where my heart goes up a little bit because you know there was a, there was a little bit of danger there. Um, but as so, uh, the moment I know that actually I'm fine, it, it's gone. I don't I don't even have any. I don't I don't I don't give that person any attention. <clears throat> and in fact. On the contrary, I might actually give them compassion, right? And it's it's really strange how some things that once might have annoyed you or irritated you now bring you joy. And I can I can give you a real example of that is that um, I'm I'm a bit of a coffee snob, right? I've got a you know a really nice espresso machine. I, I grind my beans and all that kind of stuff. And many years ago, if if I was say um, grinding some beans and then I turned around and I was say um, putting the kettle on or getting the cups ready, and the grind the the beans had finished their grinding, but the grinder is still whirring or whirring away um sometimes my wife would basically go over and, and 
switch it off. And it used to, it, it used to, I know it sounds crazy, but it used to infuriate me. And, and, and I, I used to say things like, can you stop controlling me? Right. And, um, and, and that was just part of this automatic operating system. Right. I, I, I somehow computed that when my wife is simply flicking a switch, she's trying to control me right and but when i got to rewrite that program when she does that now it actually brings me joy i think not you know that that's her way she's you know it's pretty cute really that she she does that for me right and and our lives are literally made up of thousands of moments every day right and and i think it's about just going on this path of rewriting the story, rewriting the scripts, um, cha challenging any kind of beliefs that might come up, you know, um, and um, and yeah, it's it's just it's just a it's just a really cool journey to be on. That's great. That's great. So, um, like before we wrap up like what message of encouragement and empowerment would you like to leave with our listeners who are eager to embark on their journey of rewriting their own mental operating systems um so everyone is at, like a different place with their mental well-being right um and let's kind of just put numbers to that for a moment right just so that everyone understands let's say your mental fitness is say one to ten right yeah. and or your mental well-being is one to ten um one is really bad you know potentially suicidal like i used to be ten is you know you're more enlightened than the dalai lama or whoever right um around the three mark is where you transition from being mentally well to mentally unwell or mentally um, mentally healthy to mentally ill, right? Um, so I want to pause on that for a moment because if you are, say, um, technically mentally well, but you're only like a a four or a five out of 10, um, you're still a long, long way from really thriving and, and flourishing, right? Um, similarly, if you are, say, a two, right, um, I, I just want to give the message that um, on the one hand, you might look at that and think, that's terrible that I'm a two, but what you can also do is think, oh, my God, just look how much opportunity there is in front of me, right? So if, if you, say, are depressed and, you know, you suffer from anxiety or whatever, those kinds of things, you can basically take the hope that um, actually I've got this fantastic journey um, in, in front of me and... Um, if I if I make the decision today to 
just take one step forward and it only it only takes baby steps every day you you've got you've got a, a long um a long path of joy in front of you so that that that's really i guess what the main message is is to just trying to kind of understand where you might be um mo- most people um you know if you, if you look at if you look at entire populations um there's like a bell curve where most people are around five, five and a half. Um, and again, you might look at that and think that's really bad, right? Like most people are only five, five and a half out of 10. But I look at that and think, well, the the world is already, you know, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, bad stuff that goes on in the world, right? But um, we're basically in, um the best time the world has ever been actually you know in terms of safety illness all all kinds of different measures you know like there's a there's a book from steven pinker called um enlightenment now and he basically challenges all of these notions that the world is in a really bad place right and sure climate change definitely right but um, a lot of other a lot of other measures the world is actually in a, in a, in a really good it's, it's the it's the best time ever to be alive right and so if you basically say it's the best time ever to be alive most people are around five if we could get everyone to get up to a six seven or eight just imagine how great it will be because um you know this this is kind of another kind of important thing for people to understand it's not just for us it's for others as well is that when when we improve our own mental well-being and mental fitness that radiates onto everyone that we touch right so it it's it's like you know the the sum is much bigger than like the parts you know like you, you you not only are doing great things for yourself um but you are having a a positive impact on improving the, the lives of, of others around you as well exactly exactly true great so as we conclude this eye opening episode of healthy mind and healthy life i want to extend our deepest gratitude to alan for sharing his transformative insights on the art of rewriting our mental narratives and them deconstructing the uh, faulty mental operating systems that often hold us back so always remember that our minds are malleable and the power to reshape our thoughts and the beliefs lies within us so alan's journey from adversity to empowerment showcases the incredible potential for personal transformation when we take charge of our mental landscapes so if you find uh, if you found value in today's conversation be sure to subscribe share and leave a review your support helps us continue to bring you enriching discussions that guide that guide you on the path to a healthier and more fulfilling life so until next time remember that the power to rewrite your mind and your life is in your hands so stay tuned for more inspiring episodes of healthy mind and the healthy life thank you so much